Thank you for joining us here at Dunker Punk's podcast. My name is Kiana and I will be your host. Dunker Punk's podcast is a podcast by and for countercultural followers of Jesus in the most radical fashion. This is a very special pandemic episode. So while we hope we are finding you well, we know some are faring better than others. I hope we can be here to entertain you for an hour, but I also hope we can just be here for you and with you. And speaking of being there for you, today we have Zach and Jen Hauser to share and reflect on their time they spent as hospital chaplain interns. My name is Zach Hauser. And my name is Jen Hauser. You might remember us from an episode a few months ago when we were interns with On Earth Peace and talked about our faith a bit. Well, a lot has changed since then. We are getting ready to graduate with our master's degrees from Duke Divinity School, learning our call to ministry, and trying to make the most out of this season like everybody else. 
although most days that just looks like surviving. However, we were able to experience something really interesting that we wanted to reflect on with you all. During our last semester at Duke, we were able to participate in a program called CPE. For those of you that don't know what CPE is, that's okay. We didn't know what CPE was either before we were in seminary, so you're in good company. CPE stands for Clinical Pastoral Education. It's a program that lets seminary students spend some time serving in a hospital as part of the hospital's chaplaincy staff. So for us, we were able to be two of nine total chaplain interns at one of our local hospitals for the spring semester, and we spent about four months there serving as chaplains. For about eight hours every week, we sat in classrooms with our assigned groups and discussed the various theories surrounding pastoral care, the readings we were assigned, and of course, verbatims. Verbatims are a word-for-word -word script, or as close as you can possibly remember, and the visit that we can You would reflect on the room, the patient, and their own attitudes and expectations of the disease. And then the best part of the verbatims was that everyone in your group got to tell you all of the things that you did well and all of the things that you did not so well. It was really hard to listen as others tore apart the visit that you carefully put together and reflected on, but it also allowed, essentially, five or six chaplains to all think and reflect on the exact same situation, and then we got to see the ways that other people might have handled things. For me, I found that I was suddenly forced to think outside of the ways that I typically do, especially about how to care the best for others, and to make sure that I was putting care of patients above my own desire to be a good chaplain, whatever that means. But of course, we had to have these visits somewhere in order to reflect on them, and most of the time, those visits happened while we were rounding in our units. Each week, we would provide spiritual and emotional care to patients on our assigned units. I served in one of the pediatric units, and I had the opportunity to smile and wave at babies, ask older children about the various stuffed animals and toys they kept in their beds, and cared for the needs of both children and parents as they spent time in the hospital. The coolest part of my unit was that often I would see the same children and families come in for treatment so many times a month. I was able to build special bonds with those families over time. There was one baby in my unit who had been in the hospital for her entire short life. I would often visit my unit in the morning before her guardian would arrive. So each day I would walk in and wave hi to her and say a prayer over her as she slept before I made my way down. Meanwhile, my unit was a little bit more fast-paced than that. I served in one of the surgery and trauma units. But specifically, the unit that I worked in was a kind of unit called a step-down. That meant that the patients in my unit were mostly expecting to go home in about a week or less. So I always had new people to talk to and new relationships to form with patients. But it also meant that I didn't really have the time to form lasting relationships with most of the patients that I saw. I think on average I saw patients once, maybe twice, before they left. But the variety of viewpoints in the life stories that I got to hear and experience and minister to 
it was astounding. I remember speaking with Buddhists, Muslims, all kinds of Christians, and a few atheists, and often more than one of those groups in a day. But out of all the people that I interacted with, the ones that always stood out to me were whenever I got to visit with inmates. You heard that right, inmates. Every so often, we would have patients who were incarcerated at a local prison that would come through for surgeries. And as part of the pastoral care staff, we went and cared for them too. There was one particular person that I spoke to who was expecting a liver transplant. And like all inmates, he was handcuffed to his hospital bed and had a prison guard in his room with him. Speaking with him broke my heart, hearing him talk about his family and the life that he had outside of the prison that he was in, both physically and you know, in the hospital. And the next day after that visit was Ash Wednesday. And as part of Ash Wednesday, the Duke Hospital chaplains go and ask people if they want to have ashes put on their foreheads. I walked in and I asked, and he said yes, so I placed ashes on that man's forehead. And while he was chained to his bed like an animal, I referred, I affirmed that he was in fact a beloved child of God. Reminding him of that might have been the single most memorable experience of my time on the unit. But of course, there was always more than just our one little unit in the big world of our hospital. And we got to experience that while we were on call. Throughout the unit, we had six 24-hour on-call shift duties. This meant that we were the primary chaplain throughout the entire hospital for 24 whole hours. For every death, code blue, or urgent request, we were the first chaplain to know about it and often the first one to arrive. For those unfamiliar with hospital lingo, a code blue means that a person has stopped breathing or their heart is stopped. On weekdays, we had the other chaplain interns, staff, and residents to help us out. But on week, we were the only chaplain in the entire hospital. For an entire 24-hour period, we would eat, sleep, although I never got any of that due to anxiety during my 24-hour on-calls. And we would remain in the hospital, waiting for something to happen. Luckily, most of my shifts were very boring, which was definitely a good thing because it meant that people in the hospital were okay. And of course, some of us didn't have much waiting to do at all during our on-call shifts. I remember my first on-call where I had about 18 pages when the average was 13 to 14, and eight people died where the average was one to three. It was rough. Most of the pages came in a stretch of about 11 hours. I would go do a few visits, sit down for maybe five minutes, then get another few pages or another call about a death, and be off and speed walking to the next place. I visited one ICU so much during that day that the head nurse even offered to find me a cot and put me up in one of the empty rooms because it seemed like I was spending more time there than in my own room. But there were some serious moments in that hectic shift where I found God's presence. 
I found God in the appreciation of the nurses and the doctors whenever I came back to a room a second or a third time that day. I found it in the grief and the lament of families as their loved ones died. And I found God in my own ability to step in and provide comfort to those people that were in maybe the worst times of their lives. I think that first on-call shift was maybe the moment that I discovered my faith was a bit deeper than I had considered. In those moments of intensity was when you can truly believe in God's power as well as your own abilities. By the second on-call, I think we both had a better idea of what we were doing and what to do in certain situations. We were more confident in our abilities as hospital chaplains, but we also learned to rely more on God. And I'm certain that God's power brought me through those on-calls because only God can get me out of bed at five in the morning after not sleeping and provide care to a man whose wife with 50 plus years had just died when she was getting better only hours later. Yeah. I think my prayer life wasn't really a prayer life until I was a chaplain. But of course, as life always seems to go, things changed in the hospital. As soon as we thought we knew what we were doing, and thought that we could handle about anything that could get thrown at us. Of course, something got thrown at us that we definitely couldn't handle. I'm talking, of course, the pandemic. It happened, and CPE had to change. I was actually the last intern in the hospital to do a full 24-hour on-call. And I remember being told in a lot of vague terms that I couldn't really go onto a certain unit of the hospital without getting express permission from one of the head chaplains. Thought it was weird until I got called there for something pretty routine for an on-call chaplain. So I followed the directions I was given. I called that chaplain, the supervisor, and said what was going on, and they gave me permission to go into the unit. And I didn't really think anything of it at the time. I went, I did my thing. I prayed. I left. Wasn't until the next morning that I found out that that unit was holding potential COVID cases. Now, before you guys get worried, don't. The person that I visited definitely did not have COVID. But I remember feeling pretty frightened and scared. The pandemic was much closer to home than I expected. The chaplain that intern that was on call the next day ended up going home early because they canceled the on-call program for interns. From there, things began changing pretty quickly. Within the span of one week, things changed very drastically. During my last on-call shift, which was about two days before that, I was sent home in the afternoon after being told that the program was being canceled only to receive an email about two hours later that the program would resume as normal the next day. We went back the next week and we rounded on our units as normal, except we couldn't visit patients that required PPE in an effort to preserve it. But just a few days after that, we were no longer allowed to go into the hospital itself. We were still prepared to get all of our CPE hours completed. So... Since we couldn't do on-call shifts like normal anymore, and we couldn't round in our units like normal anymore, 
getting the last few hours needed for our requirements became a bit of a predicament. So we talked with the chaplains, all of the interns, and the department decided that we would function in a newly created role for this pandemic called a triage chaplain. So what that means is we had to sit in the offices, safely away from the main hospitals and the potential dangers and liability issues therein, and tell the chaplains that were allowed to go into the hospital who needed visits and how high of a priority visiting them was. Some days this was a pretty hectic job, since we had to manage all of the requests coming in from the computer system as well as the main chaplain pagers. But most days, it was a pretty slow 12-hour shift. Since there weren't as many requests coming in most of the time, we would have to find other projects to help out with to keep ourselves busy and to keep things running smoothly in the world of chaplains at that hospital. We would write cards to patients that couldn't be visited due to the PPE restrictions. We would help prepare packets of grief materials to be sent to families of deceased patients. And we would help prepare methods of outreach for the nurses and the doctors across the hospital. While these projects definitely felt like busy work at times, honestly, it also felt kind of nice to keep involved with the life of the hospital, despite our limited capabilities. During our treatment shifts, we could also make phone calls to patients seeking pastoral care who were okay with having phone call visits. In the past few weeks, I was able to have some really great conversations with patients and family members over the phone. It felt incredibly awkward at times, but some of these visits were really great and meaningful. Yeah, I really didn't expect the phone call visits to be as awkward as they were. Over the first few months of CPE, I had learned pretty well to read faces and to play off the emotions that I could see on the faces of my patients as I was talking to them. However, having that removed from me by being forced to talk to them over the phone, it made it so much harder to tell if I was connecting at all with these people that I was talking to. However, I do remember one particular visit that helped me feel a lot better about the value of the phone calls that I was making. We talked for a bit about what had her in the hospital and life in general and the pandemic and how everything was different now. And I mentioned offhand about how I miss sharing smiles with patients in person. Without missing a beat, the person who I was talking to said, just don't worry about that. I can hear your smile loud and clear over the phone. What seemed like such a small and insignificant compliment really impacted me. And it really helped me make the most out of every phone call visit that we had. Despite the distance, God was still allowing me to share prayers and tears and smiles with patients, even when I couldn't see those smiles or tears for myself. I learned that I had to have just as much faith in my and my patients' relationships over the phone as I had in the God who had made the conversation happen in the first place. Not everyone could request to have phone call spiritual care visit. During one of my card writing shifts, we had an inmate to write a card. 
After looking at his chart, he learned this person could not even receive phone calls from chaplain services while he was suffering with COVID. He could not have visitors due to hospital and prison restriction, but he could not even receive spiritual care from hospital staff. And they wrote a card to him without even knowing if the guard would even let him have it, and had to let him know he was worthy of God's love. And I wept for this patient, and I'm still angry at the injustice of the systems in this country. Yeah, I found a lot of moments like that as well, where I was upset throughout the whole semester, not just with this pandemic. When I felt like I couldn't minister in the way that I wanted to or to the people that I wanted to, I would get frustrated. Sometimes I would get interrupted by a doctor and have to cut a visit short right when I was starting to really get the patient to open up. And one time I remember I even had a patient fall asleep on me while I was praying for them. No joke. But overall, I think that CPE was a really great experience and one that I would not have traded for anything else, even with the pandemic and all of the changes that had happened. I made great friendships with the other interns. I learned more about myself as a minister during the four months than I had during the first two and a half years of my degree at Duke. And I've met God in interesting and exciting ways in the halls of a hospital. If any seminarians are listening and you have space in your schedule, then I would highly, highly recommend that you take CPE before you graduate. To agree. I was absolutely dreading CPE, but knew I should do it for the experience. That experience was honestly life changing. I learned so much about how to provide pastoral care and to grow comfortable around sickness and poverty. But I also learned so much about myself in the process. In most CPE programs around the country, local pastors can also participate. If you are a pastor and you are a hospital who can afford to take the time to do this program, I would highly recommend it. Well, Dunker Punks, that's all we got. If anything we said interested you, then maybe God's trying to tell you something in this. In the midst of this pandemic especially, Try reaching out to hospitals and their chaplain departments and seeing if they would appreciate help writing cards to patients or anything else that they might just need some assistance with. There are a lot of people in hospitals now that are feeling lonelier than ever during this pandemic because they can't have visitors. And if nothing else, pray. For nurses and doctors and staff of hospitals, of course, but also pray for patients those who can't see their friends or family or loved ones during this time while they're in the hospital. Peace out, Dunker Punks. It absolutely lets me beam with joy to get content from OEP interns. I so enjoyed my time as one. What a special program filled with so many bright stars. People are still doing amazing things, even if I'm just doing laundry and barely even that. I feel like Jesus always loves a good change of plans at the last minute. Spontaneous. The overall message I'm taking away from Jen and Zach is their ability to roll with the punches. 
because of their deep-rooted faith. Sad isn't necessarily earth-shaking for them because of their place of work, but the ability to find God where you are, if it's sadness or fear of the virus or in the conversation and battle for human rights that we're in now, it takes faith that God walks with us and we're not alone. Reminds me a lot of uh, one of my favorite verses. Uh, This is one of my favorite verses because... I think also what makes this one of my favorite verses is that Jesus has just awoken from a nap. And that, for me, cannot be more relatable uh, to wake up really kind of (laughs) confused. But it's my favorite because he's just like, I got this. But in Matthew uh, chapter 8, verse 23, uh, after Jesus left in a boat with his disciples, a terrible storm suddenly struck the lake and waves started splashing into their boat. Jesus was sound asleep. So the disciples went over to him and woke him up. They said, Lord, wake up and save us before we drown. But Jesus replied, why are you so afraid? You surely don't have much faith. Then he got up and ordered the wind and the waves to calm down and everything was calm. Finding God where you are, if you're stressed and remembering that faith, it's so important to let it shine. And then we let it shine for one another. You know, sometimes I can find it and shine for you, and sometimes somebody else has it and shines for me. So I'm going to take a moment just to remind you that you are a love child of God. To be a part of the Dunker Punks podcast team, you can apply for the paid On Earth Peace internship of social media manager. Uh, Thanks again to Zach and Jen for their audio contribution and just sharing and reflecting on their story and sharing their light with us. Uh, Thank you to Jacob Krause, who edits our show and creates our music. Suzanne Lay, who manages production. Uh, And I am Kiana, again, your host. Uh, with a thank you for Arlington COB for providing server space and sponsoring our show. You can find us on iTunes and online at arlingtoncob.org slash DPP. Uh, and social media, we are Dunker Punks Pod. And make sure you join us on May 30th for our 100th Dunker Punks Podcast episode. Thank you so much, punks. Go in peace. Peace.